We're reading from 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And then right after that, I'll invite Johnny to come up and, and, and preach. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. It is a pleasure for me to be here this morning and to share with you from the word of the Lord. And um, as I preach most of the time, I tend to be very excited. And when I get excited, I change languages. <laughs> so this morning, it might be Creole, French, or some Spanish. But I will not be speaking in tongue. <laughs> as we look at uh, this text this morning, and uh, there's a lot of truths that reveals in it that we can learn together. And I count it a privilege to be able to share with you and as we can learn together and so that we can be faithful to the call that God has implanted in our lives. As um, we look at this text in verse 1, it says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. When we look at the text as a whole, Paul here, who is the author of this book, he had many concerns for the gospel because he was suffering because of the gospel. The main message that Paul wanted to convey to Timothy was that it was at the end of his ministry and he was in prison. He was incarcerated and he was inside a cell where he had no contact with the outside world. And for this reason, Paul was encouraging Timothy to depend upon the Holy Spirit to continue to do the work with him, to walk confident in life, and to keep uh, the faith in which that the Lord has imputed in him. Paul was encouraging Timothy to remain strong even in midst of opposition. As you know, in that time, it was the time when Nero persecution started. 
and Nero was responsible for the beginning of the Roman persecution of the Christians during that time of AD 64. If you remember in history, under his leadership, that's when Rome was destroyed by fire and was blamed the Christians. The time was very difficult. But also not only that there was persecution, but there were many also that were in the church, like uh, Phygelus or Ammonogenes. They stand in strong opposition against Paul. What is your response and my response in time of opposition when we are preaching and teaching the word of the Lord? And so Paul was writing Timothy as he faced opposition, as he faced people and leaders who will be teaching a different message than the message of the gospel. How will he stand? Will he remain faithful to his call and to his work? What about you and me? How do we remain faithful in opposition, at school, at work, or in the community in which that the Lord has put us? As we look at this text this morning, Paul wants to encourage us to be faithful to our calling. But we have to understand that as Paul was writing in Rome, Timothy was in Ephesus in that first century. But he was writing to Timothy so that he can remain faithful after he is gone because it is Christ alone who can carry and protect his message. So if we look at in chapter 1, he continued to encourage Timothy, Timothy, oh, to remain firm in the faith that he has learned from his grandmother, to go back to the Ruth, the faith that you have learned from your mother and that you have heard me preach, to remain in the truth and that you have learned, that you are convinced, and that was imputed in you by the Spirit. So Paul was encouraging Timothy to be faithful. And as we're going to look at it together this morning, may it will help us to be faithful as it provides comfort and encouragement and motivation to us in such a time as this. Are you strong? Are you faithful? Are you diligent to carry the message of the gospel? Why should we be faithful to our call? Because of the truths that reveals in this text, we are called Christians to be faithful to our call. We should be faithful to our call because of verse 1, because of the grace of God in Christ. We don't deserve his grace. What we have done to be called children of God for the scripture has said, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourself, but it is a gift from God. But how was this manifested in Christ? It will give you strength. It will encourage you and give you hope. When you remember that the life you have does not come from what you have done. But it is a life that you have that has been imputed in you by the work that Christ has done on your behalf on the cross. So therefore, we must be faithful because he is faithful. Remember, our intellect was corrupt. 
For the scriptures say we were born in sin and by nature we are children of wrath. The scriptures say that our mind was corrupt, our conscience, we were not seeking after God. We were living in sin and in bondage. All of our will was to please self. And God, if you look in Romans 1, 26, he had gave them over and gave over to their wicked mind and their wicked heart. And we are by nature children of wrath. But while we were into our sin, the scriptures say, for the wage of sin is death, but God in his love and his mercy has sent his own son, born of a virgin, lived like a man and suffered, and he was punished for our sake. In Isaiah 53, verse 3 to verse 6, it put this way, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we had him and our face from him. He was despised and did not esteem it. Surely he has bore our grief and carried our sorrow. But yet we esteem it smitten, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement that was upon him uh, giving us peace and uh, by his stripe we are healed we all like sheep have gone astray we have gone into our own way but the Lord has laid upon his own son the iniquity of us all when he died on the cross and he was buried and while he was on the cross and God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. The sin that we have done in the past, the sin we are continuing to do, he has carried it upon his shoulder. That he has imputed all of our filthy rag and unrighteousness upon his son. Then he died and he was buried. But on the third day he rose again from the dead. And the power that raised him from the dead is the power that is in us, that sealed us, that make us righteous in the sight of God. As a result, now we can have a new relationship with him. And that's what he says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. Now we can have a new heart. We can have a relationship with him. We have a new start. Now we have a changed nature. We have a new standing with God where we are declared not guilty. Now we have a position that we are in him and he is in us. We are no longer slaves, but we are called children of God. We should be faithful to our call because of the grace of God in Christ. Because he said in verse 1, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul reminds Timothy of God's grace in Christ. And this morning, I'm reminding you to be faithful to your call because of God's grace that has been imputed in you because of what Christ has done on our behalf. In Haiti, we'll say amen. amen. You don't have to be afraid to say amen. amen. But the second truth is this, that we should be faithful 
not only because of the grace of God that has been imputed to Christ, but we should be faithful from what we read in verse 2 to verse 5 to verse 6 is because of the responsibility that God has entrusted to us as his sons and daughters. We look at here in verse 2, is come at us. What we have heard and learned, as Paul said to Timothy, to teach the truth, to teach it to faithful men, reliable men and women, to teach it to people that have passion that will pass it on. For the scripture said in Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand so that we will walk in them. So the Lord has prepared those good works so that we will fulfill them for his glory. He has called us to be a witness, to be a living and a talking and someone that will share the great news of salvation. We should be faithful to our call because of the responsibility that God has entrusted to us, not only to teach it, but also to suffer for the truth. Oh, how many of us are afraid of suffering. But Paul was suffering for the sake of the gospel. And he's encouraging us here this morning to suffer like he suffered. To suffer like a soldier. A soldier don't get up with civilian affair. A, suffer, a soldier try to please his commanding officer in all that he does. And being a Christian is being like a soldier. It's mean putting Christ first in our lives. It's mean putting Christ first in everything that we do. A good soldier follow his leaders and also not only follow his leader, but fulfill the duties and that his leader required of him. A good soldier seek to please his commander in chief. And as it said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, Whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. As a good soldiers, we'll face many trials, but we must persevere to carry the responsibility in which that he has entrusted to us, to carry this message of salvation so that many will come to know him as the Lord and Savior. A good soldier knows their master, not only they know their master, but they know his voice. And they want to do everything that will, they will do to please him and to honor him. We have established a university in the city of Jeremy. 60% of the students, they are Catholic. And 40%, they are Christian. And out of the 60%, there's a young lady that came to the university from a city called Beaumont. And her father was a witch doctor. And her father, as a witch doctor, came to the school, pay for her tuition for the first year. But during that time, she came to know the Lord. I remember one Sunday morning after I preached in the church, then she came and she asked a lot of questions and I shared the gospel with her. And that Sunday morning, she came and prayed to receive Christ. Then it was time for her to return back, to return back home where her father used to abuse her 
in many different ways so that he could call certain spirit and also abuse her sexually in many, uh, in many ways. And this young lady, that day when she returned back home, her father wanted to continue to abuse her that way. But she stood up and she said, Father, I'm sorry, I'm not the same person that I was before. Yes, I'm your child, but also I'm a child of the living God. And I am his temple and his spirit is living in me. I can no longer let you do what you used to do to me. And she stood up and her father was very mad and took all of her belonging and threw it outside and said, I never knew you and get out of my place and never return. She started to cry. She did not know where to go. She did not know what to do. Then she returned to the school with tears, with her bags, and don't know where to go. And as she shared what happened, then we at the university opened our doors at the dorms, and she's been there three years, and now she's in her fourth year, in her last year before she graduated. But that young lady stood, and now she's continued to fulfill her studies but one day as we were doing orientation, we asked her to stand forward and to share with the other students about her testimony, how she come to know Christ. With tears in her eyes, and she stood and shared about how her father used to abuse her, but now she has a good father that loves her so much that he will never leave her nor abandon her. He has provided for every need that she has. And that morning, with tears in her eyes, as she shared, as a good soldier, stand for her, for her king. Fifteen students come to know Christ because of her testimony. My friend, are you a good soldier for your king? Are you following his command? But many times we want to please ourselves. But not only he said that to carry the responsibility that he instructed to you by teaching and as a good soldier, but Paul go deeper in talking to Timothy here and said that you need to carry your responsibility as an athlete. He used the example of an athlete. An athlete is one that follow the rules and follow the guidelines, is one that focus on the finish line so that it could win the prize. As an athlete, do you compete to the end? Do you have your eyes on the finish line? Are you compete so that you could win? But if are you following the rules? And here we see Paul is encouraging Timothy and us to compete with the end in mind, to walk daily with the end in mind, to be faithful to our call, to live like a soldier, but also to compete as an athlete. An athlete prepare himself and herself in a consistent basis and as athlete, do you prepare yourself consistently in the word of truth so that you will know God and will be able to make him known? My friend, are you running in the race alone? But God has given us all the guidelines that we need. But sometimes we don't follow it. A runner in a race cannot choose his own course. A player in a game cannot make his own rules. But you are called to be faithful in your calling and to be faithful 
you have to go by the guidelines and by the rules of trade. Do you read the scripture? Do you spend time with your children in the word? Do you encourage all the believers to spend time in the word of God? Because the more time you spend in the word, the more you will know him and the more you will walk in a manner to please him and to honor him alone. My friends, as an athlete, are you ready to run the race? Or are you running the race without the proper guidelines and the proper tools? There was an old lady, my father is a pastor, he's 84 years old, he's continued to preach today. And uh, he had one church in the city called Bon Bon and, and in that church, right behind the church was a running stream. But there was an old lady, every Sunday she would go to church and she would go and worship. And, but when she returned back home, uh, her son would ask her questions. What do you remember from the text? What do you remember from the message? And sometimes she does not remember anything because she did not know how to read. But every Sunday she will be the first one there and the last one to leave. So her son said, there's no reason for me to go to church. There's no reason for me to be involved in church. And she started to share with him, the more you go to church and hear God's word, the more time you spend in God's word, the more the words cleanse you and purifies you so that you will know how to please your master. And uh, so to make an illustration, he had a, she had a whole basket the basket was full of dust and very dirty and she said to her son can you go to the running stream that is right behind the house and go get some water with for me in the basket and the boy took the basket and tried to carry water but because it's a basket full of holes and dirty so he could not carry much water the boy said oh mommy let me take a bucket mommy said no i want you to use that basket and so he went three times. By the time he returning, the third time, the basket was completely clean. And the mother said to the son, the basket, you see how clean it is today? It's because you ran many times and washed it. And it's the same thing that the word of God does for me. The more I hear it, the more it cleanses me the more it makes me want to please my master and the more I draw closer to him. My friend, we have a call, a call to be faithful, but to be faithful because not only the grace of God imputed in Christ, but to be faithful because of the responsibility that God has entrusted to us. He called us to live like a soldier. He called us to live like an athlete, he called us to live like a farmer, working hard and enjoy the labor of our fruit. A farmer works hard. They clean and prepare the field and reap the plants. What about you? What do you do for the gospel? What do you do with the gospel that God has given to you? Most of the time we don't leave it. What about preach it and teach it? But my challenge for you this morning, we are all called to preach the gospel. Many times we said, oh, this is what Jeff is there for. This is the job of the pastors. This is the job of the leaders. But my friend, this is our job. This is our calling.
This is our calling that we preach it. We preach the gospel at home, at work, in our schools, in our communities. Everywhere we stand, we must preach and teach that message. For we are called ourselves Christian. And if we are called ourselves Christians, we must carry Christ with us wherever we are. If we call ourselves Christians, we must yield totally under his leadership. If we call ourselves Christians, we must share our faith without any reservation, with anyone that comes our way. And that's what Paul was challenging Timothy, to share it with faithful men that will be able to share it. Being a Christian means living according to the standard and to the standard of the word of truth. But thirdly, there's a third truth, and we find it in verse 7. That is said that in verse 7, this truth is that we should be faithful to our call because the God that we serve is dependable. It's a God in which, on whom we can depend on. He said, take it over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. As we go and share the message, some situation we don't know what to say, but the Lord will speak through us. He will speak for us in spite of us. Reflect on these things. The Lord will give you insight in all these things. Remember that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David, and this is my gospel which I am suffering for. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave me and gave himself for me. So I look at the rest of verse 8 to verse 13 in 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is what it says. It said, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, and so that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will live also with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him, and if we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. At the end, in chapter 4, Paul said, I have fight the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Paul remained faithful to the end. And what about, what about you, my friend? My challenge for you this morning is to be faithful to your call. Be faithful because of the grace of God in Christ. Be faithful because it is the responsibility that he has entrusted to us to teach it, to live like a soldier, like an athlete and like a farmer. But also, as we teach and proclaim this message, to know that it is not our message. Nothing can turn off this light because the God that we serve is dependable. 
It is the one that can change the life of the people as we remain faithful to do our part that he has called us to do. There's a story about a young man named Leonard Dober. Leonard Dober was determined that God called him was to reach slave in the Virgin Island. He planned to reach these men and women by selling himself as a slave and working alongside others each day while sharing Jesus' love with them. The thought of being a slave frightened him and sickened him. He dreaded the treatment he would receive. But Christ was willing to die on the cross for me, he thought. No price is too high for me to serve him. It wasn't the slave masters who were dober, harshest persecutors, but it was the fellow Christians. The question he's called to minister to slave, and they ridicule him as a fool for his plan. But Dober will not be dissuaded. He arrived in the Virgin Island in the 1730s, and he moved to a mud hut where he could work one-on-one -on -one with slaves. In just three years, Dober was able to reach 30,000 new converts. He was faithful to his call, and God fulfilled his plan. And if you are faithful to your call, God can do greater things through you. Let us pray. Father, we praise you for who you are. We praise you, Lord, that you are faithful and you are also calling us to be faithful. And Father, may you help us to remember your grace, to remember while we were yet sinners, you died for us so that through you we have life. So Father, because of your grace, that should motivate us and challenge us daily to share this great message with our friends who are dying without the knowledge of who you are. But also you have given us the responsibility, Father, to carry this message. And this is the only means you use, oh Lord, it's us as your tools that every person that comes our way, that we will share this truth. And so that they in turn will know you. But also help us, Father, to know as we carry this message, not to take the glory for ourselves, because it's depend on you alone to bring it to fruition. It's you alone that can bear fruit, but help us to be faithful into our call until you call us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, James warns us to not be those who just hear the word, but to do it. And so I invite us, as is our tradition, to now just take a moment in silence and try to hear what we've heard. Uh, we have been called to be faithful to our call. 
And so I invite you to just take a moment to spend time before God and ask him, what does that mean for you? And as you are speaking to him in the silence of your hearts, to use this also as a time to confess where we recognize where we have not fulfilled the calling as we should, knowing that we have a gracious and forgiving God. So let's spend some time in silence and confession, and then I'll lead us in prayer subsequently. Please join with me in silence. Father, thank you that you are a gracious God. Uh, you are gracious in calling us to yourselves, in, in making us your children that we can call you Father. And you are gracious in giving us this calling um, to be your ministers, um, to be soldiers where you are our commanding officer. Lord, you know us well and you know how we have often failed. Um, Lord, we should be devoted to you, but oftentimes in our sin we are devoted to ourselves, and that is not the way we want to be. And so we confess our sin before you, asking for your forgiveness, asking what's more that your spirit would enable us to be the athlete, the, the soldier, the farmer that Paul speaks of here, uh, that we would be faithful to the calling with which you have called us. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, hear the good news of the gospel. In Revelation, it tells of this vision of one of the elders saying to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Friends, in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God.